Do you want a dramatic reading? No, or like of course. A... I want a dramatic okay. reading. Okay. Erotic game goes wrong as wedding ring strangles man's penis. <laughs> His How peanuts? small is that man's penis? This was in uh, Johannesburg. A rare penile strangulation emergency in which a man had put a wedding ring on his penis for erotic pleasure has been described in the latest issue of the SA Medical Journal. Penis rings are pretty big. I don't know why he would try to use. A yeah, did he did he get it like proper? Yeah, did he get it properly sized? Probably. Yeah. Apparently probably not. Yeah, he probably got it sized for when it was not erect, and then it became erect, and he's like, "Yeah, oh, that's God. what I'm thinking." Then it got like, yeah, erect. Did, did some damage. <laughs> Yeah, big he, mistake. He got big, big mistake. mistake. All of Actually, us make you know, that mistake. You know, it happens. It, no, I, I, I don't make that mistake. Uh, for one, I don't have a wedding ring. But for two, like, oh, you just take one. Yeah, just it, steal one. It's <laughs> like, is that the? Is that what happened? Like, if we write the backstory to this news story, is it? Man really wants to satisfy his wife. Thinks it will be romantic if his wedding ring is also his cock ring hospital do you think do you think it was like with a diamond on it too like this is gonna be Uh, the most violent unpleasant situation for everybody oh that just sounds like it would tear some shit up dude yeah oh i hope not i like to think it was like a joke like hey let's you think it it'll fit (laughs) ha 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 oh god no no no. Uh, the the story the story says (laughs) the story says the patient reported that he had applied the ring four hours previously for erotic reasons on the recommendation of friends. Those so friends like, can fuck off. <laughs> are they really friends, though? <laughs> Let me tell you, your good friends will be there when you get married. Your great friends will be there when you need several needles to get the wedding ring back off. <laughs> Needles. What are you needles. using needles for? Do you know how they how they reduce swelling when like there is no way to reduce swelling? There's no. a couple of ways. Um, one is just introduce it to really cold environments. One that didn't is work. To uh, you're probably going to say like remove a bunch of the blood, but that seems fun. And then I figured they just do it like when rings are too big on fingers. They use like forceps and so there wasn't enough and... space to use a. They they actually tried to use an orthopedic oscillating saw but the ring was too wide and too strong and there wasn't (laughs) enough space because of the swelling so they did in fact have to use the needle the needle was the method that was used on this poor gentleman do you think his wife used the needle to continue the arousal to like oh no it's still working (laughs) but guys maybe maybe this whole situation (laughs) is part of like the of the whole erotic scene like that's how it was intended to end it's like gets off yeah i bet that was part of the hospital and getting it removed the whole role play guys there is good news i want you to know (laughs) i'm pretty sure you're fucking lying (laughs) (laughs) i want you to know that the man reported a full recovery oh that's good (laughs) ted is shaking his head at me i think he wants to kill me (laughs) (laughs) also by the way ted by default on my iPad, you seem to always get the big panel, and it always cuts off half your face. So oh. I'm just seeing one eye and half of your nose. Yep. So now I see the other half of your face because I'd already adjusted. Oh, g- goodbye. Anyway, <laughs> I, I figured you guys should know that someone thought that was a good idea. 
There is well, no word. Now you've put the idea in my head. So. Yeah, now I think it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I, Here's like I'm this curious. five and a half hour role play situation I'd never considered. Yeah. So. Uh, excuse me, 80 hours, because it took three days for full recovery. Holy oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> Why didn't you say that? <laughs> That's a pretty big part of that whole story. <laughs> Guys, welcome to the sounding board. This is like a, almost our 75th episode, if not our 75th episode. Are you we're serious? getting real close. Wow, we're still here. We're yeah. old. We got to be careful Holy in 2016 shit. being old. That doesn't go well. That's not yeah. a yeah. thing that works. This has been a bad year for old people who aren't named Donald Trump. <laughs> True. Yeah. God. So yeah, this is episode 74. This is The Sounding Board. My name is Josh Schmidtline. I'm the voice of The Sounding Board. With me, as always, is Camden Taylor, the hair of The Sounding Board, and Theodore Challence Hooker II, the T of The Sounding Board. I still don't have something. Did we decide on something for you? No, we just made fun of the fact that you call yourself the voice of the sounding board, like Sting. That was like three episodes ago. I know. That was like three episodes. I just wanted to bring that back up because I still think about it every time. You're like the voice of the sounding board, and I go... It's been too long. In my head. Yep. 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 We're here to discuss the Drones 2005 album. Wait by the river, and the bodies of your enemies will float by. Wait long by the river. Fuck. Excuse you. I was close. (laughs) Wait long by the river, and the bodies of your enemies will float by. There you go. But before that, uh, guys, (laughs) so last week, my girlfriend had told me that on the 10th, I needed to make sure that I was free from 6 p.m. till 10 p.m. and dress nice. And to have your wedding ring prepped and lose. (laughs) (laughs) and to have my wedding ring prepped and lubed uh my girlfriend did not tell my wife that nor did i hence like you understand yeah um so i didn't know what i was getting myself into and oh man oh man i was pretty much the worst date imaginable and in my defense here's why it was a murder mystery dinner theater oh, with audience participation event. Oh fuck yeah! I'd be all about that. Oh my god! It I was, would. I, I would do a hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for the first two hours, I was trying so hard to enjoy myself and was just. Yeah, they're all like, this is, oh, I'm so, I'm so pleased people are taking the effort to do this. Oh, God. Oh, God, yeah. it's still going. God damn it. Like, at about hour one, we were still waiting for everyone to finish getting seated. Oh, God. And they had started going around handing out rolls to one person at each table. And my girlfriend got the roll at our table. And I just felt my heart sink because I knew that I would not be able to be not involved with this whole process. (laughs) At about the hour and a half mark, I got up to use the bathroom. And when I was in the bathroom, I seriously contemplated sitting down, kicking my feet up, and browsing the internet for the next 45 minutes. I thought you were going to say killing yourself. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, that I, that that was also seriously contemplated. the The phone plan was a backup. Okay. But I didn't do either of those things. I went back to it, and I have to say, um, in the last half hour or so, there were enough zany twists and bad acting on the part of participants. Not the actors. Well, the actors too were. Some of them. One one of them was good, and three of uh, two two of them were. One of them was good. One of them was actively bad, and two of them were whatever. See, I always thought that those kind of things drew the finest and, and actors so, around. Yeah, for yeah, sure. you know, you would think so. You would yeah. think so. You spend weeks going through the piles of people trying to get into your play when you <laughs> yeah. do a theater. You, theater you would theater think theater. so, but I'm here to report that one of the actors was pretty good. One was actively a, like bad, and two or whatever. Um, and and like by the end, the the ludicrous number of twists that this took. Coupled with the old woman who is playing the granny character, not not part of the troupe, part of the audience, who, when told to describe the scene, um, how she thought the murder had happened, uh, she had this like little paragraph she was supposed to read, and it was written uh, like a message to her. Right? It was written, "You think this is what happened," and so she gets up there and she says, "You think." And then reads the paragraph. And they say, uh, uh, I'm sorry, can you wait one more? What do you think? And she says, you think, and then reads the paragraph again. And it was, it was, that was kind of, so I left in a better mood than I was like two thirds in. But man, I discovered, uh, we discovered that dinner theater is not Josh's thing, particularly when it has audience participation. Yeah, that's good to know. Did you? Is that something you thought you might be into? So I'd had a really long, stressful day at work, and I was mm-hmm. kind of excited for this date thing. And then my girlfriend, very excited, goes, "We're doing a murder mystery," <laughs> and I just felt my heart sink. <laughs> yeah, I would kind of feel the same way. Oh, yeah. sort of reactions. Oh, <laughs> so. Uh, it was a really cool and creative date idea, and it wasn't her fault that like my day was long and stressful, or that it was like super lame. <laughs> but it was a really great idea, and I'm glad she came up with something like clever and cute and original like that. I just wish I could have been a better date for it. <laughs> so, our new policy is uh. Maybe think twice before surprises. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, let's discuss things generally before surprises, except for certain ones. Yeah, yeah. Because some surprises I think you can do well, like if you know for sure it's something the other person will like, but mm-hmm. I feel with like with, with yeah. things like that, that's something that I can't some spend three hours really faking it into, in public. <laughs> and then other people would just be she like, had, fuck no. She had a, yeah. she had a great yeah. time. She had, she had so much fun. She felt bad that I was I was clearly grumpy, but like at the same time, it was a cool, creative thing, and I'm glad that she did it. And she yeah. is super sweet, and also will probably listen to this. So, thank you again, honey. Terrible gift. You fucked up. <laughs> oh, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. 
<laughs> no, it it was it was like by the end of the the night, I was kind of glad that I went because there was there was enough ridiculous bullshit. Yeah. that I was like, all right, I'm on board because you know me, I'm on board with ridiculous bullshit. But it usually uh, helps clean that shit up. The the first the first two hours were like a struggle, and like I felt bad because I was the worst date. Like I was awful, <laughs> but I couldn't I couldn't. I couldn't stop myself. Like I was yeah, like, "Oh god, I don't blame she'll you, she'll probably break up with me after being like such a <laughs> yeah, shithead at this, this event." <laughs> but I, I can't do this. <laughs> so that was that was my last week. Um, that was like the big thing that I got up to. Uh, we then spent the weekend like hanging out and taking it very easy and doing basically nothing and it was awesome yeah. um, I I got back to work today feeling refreshed and great uh, yeah no that that was it but man I I like to think that I'm up for anything and that I'm generally like a pretty good date <laughs> for things but wow I yep I found my mm, mm. how about you guys what's been up uh, Ted Ted, what's been up with you? Uh, I took it pretty easy all this past week as well. I had surgery on Monday. Um, I got myself sterilized at the age of 26, so I had a vasectomy. Fun fact, uh, not really a painful surgery. Not super painful afterwards. Wait, so they don't don't just, like, cut your penis off? Yeah, no, they did. They did, but it's not in the way, so you know you don't like hit it all the time, so it's not painful. Did they? Did they like give you a prosthetic or something that you could use in the meantime? I I feel pretty comfortable with myself to not need one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, they considered it, but I thought you know what if I I'll try it without it for a while, and then once it's back, if I decide I don't like it, I'll just try and permanently cut it off, or I'll make it like a monthly ritual. You want you want like a different one for different occasions. Yeah, totally. Like, it's like hats. When you've got to give a speech, you need about three quarter mast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's rule. You when you're to going to a funeral, sometimes or sometimes when you give a speech, you just need two dicks. Yeah, you know what I mean? no, that's yeah. like really. <laughs> yeah, if you have a speech lined up and it's going well, you bring you whip out the second dick. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. Trick. But but like if you're going to a funeral, you need maybe half a dick. Yeah. yeah, I feel it's... like I go two digs for that too, really. <laughs> wow. Because I like oh, funerals man. are all about remembering who's still alive and who has. You're the not most there for dicks. the funeral. You're there for the wake. Yes. Oh. The wake is really the important part, <laughs> where all the dicks come out. <laughs> that's, when the, that's when the dicks come out, as they say. That's so, generally okay. what happens at the wakes I've been to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you I, go- I got a vasectomy. Yeah. Um. So. I have spent a while thinking about it. I'm a big conservationist, as you hear me mildly complain about all the time. I try not to use plastic. I try to eat good food. I try not to be shitty, uh, like, to the environment and shit. Um, And I learned a while back that basically the best way to do that is to not have kids because there's too many goddamn people in this world, and I don't need to have my spawn have the same DNA as me for me to feel affection for it. So I uh, got a vasectomy. Also, I you have so like, woke. I, I'm just so <laughs> woke, guys. You, you're also, you get a vasectomy, you just fortunate. feel yourself lifting. One of, one of my uh, one of one of my other friends, actually someone who listens to this podcast, 
uh, and sent in a comment after hearing this the last episode that was that was and I quote, "Let it be known that I like James Labrie." Oh. Got a vasectomy recently. <laughs> he got a vasectomy recently. Well, good. Well, did he? Your friend oh. James Labrie. <laughs> <laughs> but it did like things were not mellow for him. They were very painful and swollen, and he did oh, not really? have a good time. Whoa, that shit. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, I spent three days laying down. Did with he get ice it like a sketchy place to get it? Yeah. Did he do like no. the back alley? No, shit? he didn't. Did he, he got it like, in the back of a tattoo shop or something? <laughs> <laughs> Could I get a rose and a vasectomy, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the word the word mom. Yeah. With a bullet, a skull, and a rose. And a vasectomy. Yeah, and oh, just the, top the, it off with a vasectomy while you're done. The, the vasectomy's extra, sir. Uh, that's fine. Don't worry yeah. about it. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, they throw those in. For- <laughs> Actually, no, no, no. Wait, it's a, it's. Wait, you want um a, like- a bullet, a rose, and the a skull, and the word mom. The word vasectomy. Oh, oh the, the vasectomy will be a discount. Yeah, or they yeah. should have like a get three cliche tattoos. Get, get one vasectomy. Yeah. They should do that, actually. That's not a bad idea. Because let's be honest about cliche tattoos and breeding, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, so. You can only have one or the other? Yeah, yeah, yeah you don't I'm not sure what, where are you going with this. <laughs> I'm not sure. I kind of tangented. Um, okay. Yeah, so I, I got mine at Planned Parenthood, and it was free, which is one of the reasons I got it now. Because my, like, in my shitty poor people insurance covered it which is the only good thing that's come out of it the rest of my insurance stuff has been such a mess so i'm pretty pumped about that um, so i'm surprised you had pain mine wasn't i mean i'm a little bruised still but other than that it's fine huh so are there not going to be any true theodore challenge hooker the thirds um if you mean with my dna it's possible if i turn into a shittier person and decide that I need to have um, something that looks like me and has my nose and all my <laughs> Did you say turn habits. into a shittier person? <laughs> yeah. I'm oh trying to, like, God. talk it up so if I ever feel like I need to, I'm going to feel bad about it. It's not about anybody else. It's mostly about me. Okay. Um, but if I decide that I need to have something that looks like me, um, then I there's surgery. I feel like either... I feel like you're approach is making people who are on the fence be more like well fuck this guy (laughs) i don't want to do anything like him yeah that's what i'm kind of expecting to be the outcome Um, it helps helps you that's good yeah yeah exactly um but so i there's a surgery where you can refuse the vas deferens which are the little tubies that look like worms they pull them out and snip and then fuse them huh Oh, <laughs> uh, so they can refuse them, or they can um they they can like scrape the inside of your testes at a high price, and you are able to have kids again sometimes. So that's a possibility. Um, so we can't that, com- we can't completely rule out a Theodore. No, the you can with your DNA. Okay, it's on a really curious. low level possibility, but it it is technically probably still possible unless i was sterile this whole time and didn't know which is totally possible given the amount of unsafe sex i've had and the lack of children i have so hey hey, use a condom too many kids um yeah so that was exciting so because of that i spent most of my week watching movies uh and playing dark souls 2 
and being really bad at it. Dark um, Souls 2, traveling back a little bit. I have a PS3. I'm old school. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Have you found it? Yeah, Did you don't have like, it's like PS4? you only play games that are like six years or older. <laughs> yeah. Because then they're not seven hundred dollars; they're five dollars, which is <laughs> yeah, a great price. Because that's how much that's how much games cost new ones. Yeah, exactly. seven hundred dollars. It's right ridiculous. It's like they cost more than the consoles. It's total. It's like they're a <laughs> shitty car cost. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. So I've been playing Dark Souls two and dying a whole lot. Um, and how I, far into it are you? Oh, I just beat the first boss. I have so like the the night guy. Nothing. Uh, no, the 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 forest of the fallen giant. It's a giant. Oh, like that a tree, guy. Yeah, and he okay. was really easy to beat. I was surprised, considering how hard the rest of that game is. Um, but that game's awesome. I know exactly why people like it so much now. It is so fucking hard, and it doesn't give you any hints at all as to what's happening or how to like do anything. So I, I've had to, like, Google the most shit for this game versus anything else I've ever played, which is enjoyable. I like that. It's a fun change. I um, think I I once tried to start playing... I don't remember if it was Dark Souls 1 or 2, <clears throat> but there was one of them at, uh, when we were living at the house in Fairbanks, mm-hmm. uh, and I tried to start playing it, and then I got past, like, the, the very basic, like, initial first part and then I got, like, stuck in a save loop where I had accidentally, like, angered someone, and he, like, charged at me and stabbed <laughs> no. me. And then it would just load back to the save, like, right after I had angered him. And, oh, like, every time you, I would so just, like, have to... You, you got you got out of the asylum, and you, like, got in a fight with the, like, sad night guy that's there? Yeah. Basically. That's, oh. That's what oh, I mean. Yeah. And then, yeah, and so then you, it just you know, looped, you know like, you every time do. he would kill me. <laughs> And I, you know and what I you gotta like, do. I was There's like, a well, I guess I could just start over, but I never did. <laughs> There's a secret. What you do is you lure him to the edge and then kick him off. Fuck that uh, guy. <laughs> See, what I did was just run away, and then for Die. some reason, other people started getting mad at me. Well, that's because <laughs> most things in that game are mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> that's as it turns fantastic. out. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's pretty much what it feels like playing was, this game in very, general. It's very very unwelcoming, I gotta say. <laughs> yeah. So so two is kind of like the black sheep of the Dark Souls family. Like, if there's a game in that series that people don't like, it's generally two. Mm-hmm. Um, because the thing that two does way more than one is it just throws a, a like a shit ton of dudes at you. Yeah, there's like, like horde after horde all the goddamn time. Yeah, and like especially when you get into like you'll get to a place. Uh, called the Iron Keep, I think it's called. And, like, you'll just open a door and, like, eight dudes will come out. That's so stressful. I This game is giving me, like, you know those moments where you're doing something and you your heart starts racing and you actually, like, get really nervous and shaky for no reason, even though it's just a video game or something? That's happened so many times playing some, this game. Yeah, yeah. The, those That game feels like it has stakes, which yeah. is kind of awesome. Yeah, it's I've, really cool. I've played all three of them. I've only beaten the third one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The first one I got most of the way through. The second one I got kind of turned off of um, once I got to that place where they just shit hordes of enemies at you. <laughs> um, and the third one I thought was really, really good. Yeah, I've heard great uh, things about the third all the one. Way through, all the way through it. Yeah. Um, 
I would highly recommend recommend it. If you get the first or second one, it's still super cheap. Just saying. I'll play the third one in about seven years. Should be fun. I'll update you then. Um, and then the only other thing I really did was I, I went to the movies. Uh, the new uh, Park Chan-wook film is out. Uh, the Handmaiden. He's the guy who's known for the Vengeance trilogy. Uh, most notably, Old Boy. Um, he's a South Korean oh, director. Yeah, okay. He does some weird shit. Um, and he has this m- new movie out called The Handmaiden, where it's um, uh, uh, the plot is basically that there is a um, Korean man in Korea with his niece, um, but he wants to be Japanese. He's not the main focus, but um, so he wants to be Japanese, so he pretends to be. He builds a house that's half Japanese, half American, um, and he is kind of after his niece's fortune, so he's planning on marrying her eventually. Um, And so this group of uh, miscreants decide they want her fortune, so they're like pickpockets and uh, thieves of whatever. Um, So they make this whole plan, and this woman becomes her handmaiden to help... the like her friend seduce her essentially so she becomes a handmaiden to like talk her into like oh my your toenails are growing so long you must be in love or weird things (laughs) like that um it's that's how you always tell fucking yeah that's how i always know when my toenails are sprouting through my socks i'm like wait a minute something here is telling me i'm in love (laughs) it's it's strange that the you know falling in love happens on such a periodic basis you know it's always yeah, that same it's time like every, when your toes every toenails grow long weeks. enough it's so weird <laughs> yeah it's very strange <laughs> that's what that song uh i think i think tonight the dj's got me falling in love again is about it's about the toenails actually sprouting through the shoes i think that's yeah. really what most songs are about yeah yeah mm-hmm. every song is about if we're really gonna start nailing this <laughs> yeah, down. If, if you really think about it <laughs> God damn if you really think oh. about it but not for that long but not not just for <laughs> yeah, a second just consider yeah. it really <laughs> um yeah no it's fucking great it was so good it was some beautiful shots it was a gorgeous film um he's a great filmmaker uh it was weird as to be expected from him but not like old boy weird it's the first two-thirds of old boy but not like the last moment where he cuts out his mm. tongue and does a bunch of weird shit um not that weird but still has some pretty weird stuff but for the most part it's really funny it's super witty um it was a great movie i was so pleased it was way better I, uh, than going to dinner theater <laughs> i actually went to a movie too um i totally forgot about this which i guess i forget about most movies because Rarely do I see something super memorable, and that's like that might just be me picking shitty movies, or that's like possible. in this case, okay movies. I saw Doctor Strange. Oh, um, how was, it was that? A, it was fun. I enjoyed it. It. Uh, I'm. I'm sad to report, however, that at no point do they play "People Are Strange" by the Doors, which seems like a missed opportunity. Otherwise, though. It's good. It's 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 like the Marvel flick thing, right? The setup movie is always like backstory, 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 backstory. Thirty minutes of plot. Oh, it's one of backstory. those ones. God, those are so well, shitty. It's his, it's his origin story. They're just setting uh, up the next one. You can't you just do a movie time, of yeah. origin story. That's just never works. It's always awkward, and it's such a waste of Tilda Swinton. And I am so bitter about that. 
The uh, there are some badass fight scenes that are really creative and cool. Yeah, I'll, the one with, I'll throw uh, that. I'll throw that out there. Bond or whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Benediction Cumberbund. Eggs um, <laughs> Benedict. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, there's a, the the whole climax of that film. I really liked, like the last like set of fight scenes, uh, the confrontation of the overall villain, and the way that it's solved is it feels like it feels good because it's not just like uh, straight violence it seems like sort of a doctor strange thing to do i say as someone who has not actually read right. honest, i know i have doctor strange i, I was going to no make idea. the same comment doctor i was like it looks like a very doctor strange but i was like i don't know fucking anything about doctor strange yeah, other than he's really I, cool yeah no the the I've resolution never heard is of good doctor strange before oh he's That's the fair. sorcerer supreme dog <laughs> He he's pretty badass. Well, I guess that's, I that's I all I got to know. know. <laughs> there you go. Now you it's, know. It's, now you're it's worth seeing. It's it's worth seeing. Go check it out. It's fun. It's it is a fun film. I'm not gonna um, watch it with some good performances. And go check it out. Check out <laughs> The Handmaiden. Sounds way better. Go to both. Go to both. I'm, I'm go much, in for know, Doctor Strange, go, go then see, sneak go over see, to The Handmaiden. Go see oh yeah, do a hop if you can. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Set up your camera. Run between. Yeah. Set up your camera in Doctor Strange, and then go watch the handmaid, or do the other way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either you know whatever way you want to do it. Yeah. One or on top, one on send bottom, left to right. Go with someone. Yeah. Send one person to each film, and then meet and talk about it. Yeah, that sounds like a nice thing to do. Talking about media, what a great choice! <laughs> what an exciting thing to do. You must be so learned, we audience <laughs> members. Right? Who um, choose to do that? <laughs> hey, would you guys like to like maybe so, meet weekly to talk about media? Yeah, should we? <laughs> we should we do, do that? that? Or, or yeah. like kind of weekly, depending yeah, on our no, like that'll once, never work. Once every that'll never work. Two to three weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll probably talk about like eighty-five percent bullshit, ten percent media. What does that put us at? A five percent? Fuck, I can't do math. Five percent trying to figure out how many percentages we just spent talking about anything but media. Doesn't sound like it'll work at all. Yeah. I don't so like speaking of things that enough. won't work at all, this transition, transition is going nowhere yeah, fast. I knew it was going to be the fucking transition. <laughs> if only, predictable if only one of us were unemployed, that could have been a great transition. Yeah, that was that was what I was going for, and then I was like, "Shit, all right." That would have been fantastic. You're right. Yeah. So I had to, I had to swerve, I had to swerve into the transition itself not working, and it was kind yeah. of a nightmare. It yeah, was, you could have gone, but not good. Speaking of not working, something, something, something. Election. That would have been good transition. Oh know, God, right? we still have to talk about. Right? I wanted to talk about. I, w- I wanted to talk about music and shit. I forgot about that. Uh, Fucked up. Yeah, so last Tuesday night, we all watched in terror as the map slowly turned red, and the predictions went from 85% Clinton to 100% Trump. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Perhaps the the brightest thing to come out of this entire uh, election is that the Thanks Obama subreddit has gone from being sarcastic Thanks Obama jokes to like people legitimately thanking Obama for things that he did. <laughs> Which is really sweet and nice. I, I kind of like that. that. That's great. I think the best thing to come out of this so On far the other hand, is all the memes about like Joe Biden 
trying to like prank Donald Trump or something. Have you seen all those memes where it's like dialogues between Obama and Joe Biden? No. And he's like, and he's like I, oh, I have no. seen those. Those are so and he's cute. Like, and he's like, I'm going to leave tiny, tiny soap like, bottles in the bathroom because he has tiny hands. And Obama's like, Joe, stop it. <laughs> yeah. I've seen one where they're, they're sitting like Trump is over in the corner or no, it was, he was making fun of Clinton. Same concept though, but mm. Clinton had his legs crossed and no, Biden's like, look, crossing his legs and like giggling to himself, and Obama's laughing and like slapping him on the leg. He's like, look, I'm Clinton. I see with my legs crossed. He's like, but Biden, stop it or whatever. <laughs> those are yeah. fucking funny. I am excited about those. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Trump got elected. Um, I I wish I had something more positive to say. There's all right. There's a lot of people who are like kind of trying to rationalize a little bit and are looking at like his acceptance speech where there where he apparently and I didn't watch it said that he just wanted to work towards a a better America or something like that um and and didn't like hammer home any of the crazy that he did during the campaign Rest of his cycle life. um but he fucking his chief strategist is Steve Bannon. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> fucking cannot believe it. Yeah, how I can't. I can't could believe. Be. I can't believe that fucking guy is going to be in the White House. <laughs> yeah, Steve I, I Bannon. I read an article about that and I thought it was a joke. Yeah, and I had to like go back twice. And be like, is this real? What am I looking at? I, That's right. what it's uh, been kind of weird because it seems like some of his picks are leaning more towards like standard Republican, and then like a few of them are just like, "Oh, I'm gonna bring some of these crazies in too." So uh, I don't know. Okay, for it's... for people who don't know, uh, does somebody want to explain who Steve Bannon is? No, it goes. He runs the alt right news site Breitbart News. Uh, the alt-right, of course, has tons of overtones of white nationalism and anti-Semitism. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's very much like a, um, like that website, at, at least in this election, has definitely just been like a propaganda arm of the Trump campaign. Um, mm-hmm. And he is definitely the guy who had, I think, probably the most influence over the points in Trump's campaign where he was saying like the really crazy, like pandering to conspiracy theorists kind of thing. Um, Right. This is, this is a guy who has, has literally withdrawn his child from a school because it was a Jewish school. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he literally, like made some anti-Semitic remarks and pulled his kids out of school, out of the school because of the Jewish population there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, like, holy fuck! Um, that's pretty crazy. That, uh, he's gonna hang with that guy. Um. Yeah, because that was kind of my hope. Like, I was trying to think positively too. I'm like, you know, maybe he'll like just become more normal. But the thing is, like. Nobody fucking knows what he's going to do, you know? Because it's very clear that yeah. he's just like, he will play whatever part 
like gets him to whatever his goal is, you know, like that's why you have these like complete polar opposites of him like raving about how you know Hillary Clinton is the devil and she's like the worst person ever and then mm-hmm. like in his acceptance speech he was like gave like gave her some like serious praise and it's like you got to be kind of <laughs> on edge when you hear someone like shift that dramatically you know like it's clear that he does not truly believe one of those things so yeah <laughs> you gotta, <laughs> i don't uh, know it's such a fucking mess um yeah like yeah it's i don't know man I'm seeing you. You see some some hopeful stuff, but like, like the, the yeah, Steve the, Bannon appointment. Yeah, that was pretty bad. I saw that today because I, I think before I don't know when it was like officially announced, but before I saw it officially, it was kind of like one of those things that was in the rumor mill, and I was like, ah, well, I hope <laughs> I hope this isn't what's going to happen, you know. And there have been other <laughs> things like rumors that he's going to appoint yeah. Sarah Palin to like the Department of the Interior Secretary of the Interior yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah There's I don't know so many crazy fucking things yeah it's just it's scary shit man like it's so scary I, I was at I was working late during the election night and like I was I say working late I was hanging out playing board games with coworkers, and we get, get, got through our board game and looked at looked at the map and I was just kind of in disbelief. Like, I was like, what? Well, yeah, that's, like, that's one thing we haven't really talked about yet because I've, I've kind of almost totally forgotten it, but uh, no one predicted this would happen, basically. Yeah. Not even a little at bit. At all. Yeah. Yeah, the, no, everyone f- like, I think, would talk I think, about Trump think, losing and be like, yeah. he hasn't lost yet, but... I think 538 gave him, the be- gave him the best chances and it was like a little bit under 30%. Like the day, of. yeah, and they were like, and everyone yep. else was like, "Oh, it's like ninety-five percent or more likely that that uh, Clinton is going to win." And yeah, and so it's it's just, one of those weird it, things. Like it's it's kind of interesting to hear now and like think about what went wrong with polling and like uh, you know, kind of underestimating certain. The effects of like certain well, demographic shifts, shifts in certain states. Um, like, yeah. he got more of the Latino vote than uh, Romney did. He got twenty nine percent. There are some weird things in there. <laughs> you, you you must have seen the statistics yeah. on on white voting, right? Like, yeah. Every like so they so five thirty eight divided into to four groups. They use their divider as um, they use college education. And so they looked at college-educated white males, college-educated white females, non-college-educated white males, and non-college-educated white females. And Trump won three out of four of those groups. Like, Trump got 54% of college-educated white males, which, like, I find tremendously disappointing. Yeah. Well, isn't isn't that actually lower than usual for the Republican candidate? Yeah, for the Republican candidate, I, that's usually I think, pretty I think high the Republican number. candidate usually wins college-educated white males. Yeah. And usually, I think, to, to like I, a greater if I'm degree. Correct, it's in like the 70s or something. 
it's yeah. a pretty high percentage. I don't, I don't know if it's in the but 70s, still but the same. Like, I, I like think that was with, actually a step down. With Trump. Yeah, the, yeah. Like, okay. the interesting the, thing the, with it is there's not, sorry, like, go ahead. There, there's not, like, too many huge shifts of, like, demographic layout with, like, who voted which way. There are some ones that are surprising, like, that, you know, almost, I think, like, 30, almost 30% of Latinos voted for them. Um, yeah. But the ones that really mattered were ones in, like, Michigan and Wisconsin where, and basically, Florida. you know, what, yeah, and Pennsylvania, yeah. where there's a lot of people, like, working class people with, no, like, go, manufacturing go, jobs, yeah. uh, and there are a lot of people who voted for Obama twice who voted for Trump. And that basically mm-hmm. happened because he was the one that went on about saying he's going to bring, like, manufacturing jobs back, which is probably not something he's going to be able to do. But, you know, that's yeah, something that got kind of... That's something that, that, that's something that, that got but... kind of discounted is mm-hmm. he kind of played into like a, a, you know, a need the people in those states felt that kind of... I, it seems like basically got ignored by the Clinton campaign. Yeah. Well... The thing is, like, the thing that really shocked me was how deeply partisan lines ran, right? Like, you had Republicans saying that he was dangerous. He was actively talking about, like, he... he, There was report after report after report of the way that he has historically treated women... He still got more yeah. than 60% of the white female vote. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't, like, it, it, do you hate your own rights? Yeah. What? Yeah, what? But if you think about Mitt Romney had the same sort of thing. He had had, I mean, it wasn't like necessarily the um, the scandal from entertainment that Trump got, but it was still like him saying some fucking horrible shit about women and a lot of women still being all about mittens i don't know people are just crazy with politics i can say for sure though this election has given me like the sense of i need to i don't know do more to work for my local politics do more to push for yeah less i, I think another another thing this big positions yeah another thing this election shows that i knew was going to happen hmm. is that you know, voter, especially young voters, have to stop fucking around with the like being apathetic about elections. Voting for Harambe, yeah. eleven thousand votes because that was it, because that like was, uh, if you look at real. if you look at it, just like just numbers like like the you know the Trump Trump winning didn't happen because because he got like a huge amount of votes compared to the last couple Republican candidates. It's like pretty mm-hmm. much the same. He got like about the same amount of votes as McCain and Romney did, but there was like a huge drop in Democratic votes, and you know, ten huge million in, fewer huge, voters, right? Huge increase in uh, third party yeah. voting. Um, and we still didn't hit mm-hmm. the five percent to get federal funding for those parties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I don't know. <laughs> like, it's 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 a weird so thing, damn right? Because. You should be able to vote for the candidate that you feel is best. Yeah. But 
there's a lot of anger directed towards people who voted for third-party candidates, particularly in those swing states. Yeah. And it's not unjustified. Because, yeah. quite frankly, using you know, this I, as an I opportunity to... I was going to say, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily, like, I... I don't think people who voted third party had as much of an effect as people who just didn't vote because they didn't care. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Or or thought that someone else would take care of it, yeah. did care but didn't have the time to yeah. vote, or didn't want to wait through the lines, or, or like whatever it was. In, like, say, like Pennsylvania, who were like, oh, well, all the projections show this state's going to be blue for sure, so I'm not going to vote. You know? Yep. Yep. It's, <laughs> it's messed up, man. Like... If you really want to move to to make a difference, move to a swing state. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> that's a good way to put that. That's funny. I hadn't thought about that at all. Like, but yeah, I think you could campaign all you want in in your local politics, but if you live in one of the states that is going to go blue no matter what, if you live in Washington like me, or in California like you, Ted, or fuck Camden like Alaska was showing a thirteen percent chance. Of going, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, blue Alaska, this Alaska time around. So, like, that's going up. Year, yeah. That's going up. But if you want to make a difference, be in Florida during the election. Be in Ohio. Be somewhere where your individual vote makes that difference. Well, don't, because don't be in Ohio. Let's be honest. Ohio is terrible. Uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> avoid like Ohio. Um, You're gonna hate. That. But and, and Florida sucks too. But. <laughs> Like, move there for a year. Cast your vote there. Like, that's where that's where it ends up really counting. Because, like, a lot of those states... I think it was, like, Michigan didn't get that much money from from uh, the, the Clinton campaign. Because well, we yeah, don't think no, they would need it there. Yeah, no, exactly. That's what it was. It was a... An oversight in their, how they ran their campaign that... I Like, I think that oversight and like the failure to address the issues that uh caused those all those voters to switch was the main failure of that campaign because that was and, like that was like the killing blow is those states and, and i would offer that the democratic party and the media which very much wanted to to kill trump's chances maybe did the wrong thing Maybe instead of emphasizing that he is sexist and racist, they should have looked at the the things that that party, the people who would care who who would vote for him, care about, which is his ability as a businessman. And historically, you know, he his ability as a businessman has been success through bankruptcy. Of failed projects, which, as it turns out, and kind uh, of like screwing other people. And on yeah, but right. they, they brought that up constantly. That was a constant not, thing that they were discussing. I don't, it, it, I don't think yeah, you heard I, it nearly I, as much. Yeah, I as agree you with heard. I don't think that was. I don't think that was addressed enough because, like, yeah, it like, should have been. It should have been realized that you know, at like, although they are important, of course, like the like the stuff about the you know really vile rhetoric he was running on. Going after those points is like people have made their mind up on that. Like you're yeah, not gonna, the people, you're not going to switch. You're not going to change anyone's mind by pointing out that Trump is obviously sexist because like everyone can see they that. know and, they know and like, the people who don't care don't care and the people who do care are not going to vote for him. So 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to like they should have spent more time on addressing the reasons why people were going because you know like a lot of people that voted for Trump are like, well, yeah, he's obviously like not experienced and kind of crazy. And it's one of those things, like, you know, when someone, when a candidate comes and, like, runs on the, the change platform, whatever that is, like, those people get momentum because people are naturally drawn to that. You know, especially especially when they feel mm-hmm. they're kind of being ignored. So... Yeah. you. Uh, what, what we saw was for eight years, people have felt that the country they live in doesn't represent them. And so on election day... They came out to make that voice heard. And they did. Like, they did. And fuck, it so happens that the people who have felt like that uh, for eight years include the KKK. Um, <laughs> like, the KKK, who have congratulated Donald Trump on his presidential win. Um, and and who he has not told the fuck off. Like, oh. But... The the Republican or the Democratic Party went about it the wrong way. They they and the media went about it the wrong way. They made him seem reprehensible as a person, but the people who voted for him didn't care about that anymore. Yeah. Like the people yeah, who voted that was, about that him. Was, that was a yeah. That was an oversight. That yeah. Um, yeah. And and like and they the they torpedoed their party earlier in the year too when they when all of the leaks came out about how they were manipulating things through the Clinton campaign and against the Sanders campaign. Like, people felt betrayed by their party. And Well, and the thing, yeah, the thing is that the entire, like, feeling of this, this whole election cycle, like, the whole 18 months, like, this was an anti-establishment campaign. Like, that's, like, the driving force in, like, how the country feels. So we shouldn't really be that surprised about what happened mm-hmm. um, and uh it's a uh, it's there were all these i still am of course <laughs> the, there were yeah. there, it, the, i think the weirdest thing about it is like there were all these assumptions that we've held about the political machine that we may be expected to be broken at some point but we did not expect to be broken by trump like the infamous blue wall of the electoral college shattered uh you know how we keep talking about how how money has too much voice in politics and how like lobbyists need to be limited and campaign funds should be should be identified fucking Trump's campaign was the most grassroots goddamn thing there was like he did it he proved that you don't need it like fuck dude it's it is remarkable it's horrible and yeah, like, it's I'm, it's unfortunate that he was the person that landed on that like yeah, magic yeah, formula, uh, but he did land yeah. on the magic formula. For and this and like, as someone <laughs> like, as someone who considers myself an ally, as someone who fuck like I I just had this moment of I don't want to say that my mother is Jewish because that means that I'm Jewish and that could put a target on me on something that I'm going to put on the internet. But fuck <laughs> it, like no, that was a real moment I just had. Like as someone who is is Jewish maternally, like I feel like 
if like like that's something I I've never closely identified with myself, but something that I should talk about less now. Like it is really, 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 really bad, and I am concerned and worried and scared for a lot of people that I care about. Um, yep. Man, let's not talk about politics anymore. This has gone on too <laughs> yeah, long. Let's talk is... about music. Let's <laughs> please. I don't think right. we've ever done that on this this show, man. Uh, I listen to some music. Long. Okay, yeah. I listen to some music. Again. I listened. <laughs> To uh, so so, I've gone back to the new Danny Brown, okay. and w- what I've realized is I think I've listened to about half of it now. I'm making my way through it very very slowly, partially because my headphones exploded. I actually went and bought a new pair. They didn't explode. Uh, one one ear just stopped working, and they started. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's dramatic. Whenever, <laughs> whenever I whenever I like jostle the plug when I'm walking, they'll stop, and then they'll pull up Siri, and then they'll skip forward to the next track, and then they'll start again, and then they'll stop. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Um, so I've been listening to the new Danny Brown. I made it about halfway through. That's what I'm trying to get to, get at. Um, and I've realized something. I've realized that. Part of the reason I've put off listening to that album for so long is because everyone tells me that I should listen to Really Doe, and that might be my least favorite track I've heard so far on that album. Everyone tells you that? Yeah, I don't, I don't think yeah. that's one of the best ones. That's not the one for me. Like, yeah. I, I, have, I was not super into Really Doe when I listened to it, but then I listened to Tell Me What I Don't Know, and I was like, damn, this is good. Yeah, this is really good. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to putting some more time into that. Um that was really the big one for me uh, this this past week. Um, I've got a couple other ones that I've been sitting on and waiting to listen to. I listened to like a tiny bit of of Arian uh, just to see if I really wanted to go forward with the Electric Castle plan for the week after next. And I think I'm going to hold it. I think I'm going to hold it. Um, okay. That might be my that my like first a good choice. <laughs> that might be my first pick of 2017. My first pick of the Trump presidency, maybe. Just because oh, we yeah. might need we might need something <laughs> to get away from it, yeah. Um, and I listened to the album that I am going to choose, which you guys will hear about soon, but everybody else will hear about in about. I, I think we might hear about that in like an hour or less. No, no, I have it picked. <laughs> oh, oh you haven't? Oh, damn it! I will tell you after the show. Oh, uh, fine. <laughs> Man, I spent all week not listening to that much music, but I hung out with some hot singles. I listened to the new <laughs> RTJ singles, um, which oh, I, yeah, they were both really now. good. Mm-hmm. And I might have just been sitting in my room depressed about the election some more um, and bored. And I was sitting here like scrolling through the internet. I was like, oh, I haven't listened to these yet. I was listening. I was like, these are good. Didn't grab me. Um, so I'm not. I'm going to come back later when I'm in different mindset because mm-hmm. I'm hoping it's just that. But. That would be really sad if yeah, RTJ3 did I love both me. of them. I think I like uh, I like talk yeah. to me a whole bunch. Yeah. And uh, actually, I did find something I wanted to bring up before we shifted off of the election talk. Yeah, I just sure. got too depressed first. After Trump won, our old friend Martin Shkreli. Oh yeah! Oh god! Dreams. <laughs> I haven't tracks. heard anything about this. Stream some tracks from the one of a kind Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. Holy shit. Yeah. I didn't know. He said Did he you promised I have not listened to them yet. He promised he would do it if Trump won and he did. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, would you right. think Skrillex so is going to be on yeah. his candidate or his cabinet? That that makes sense, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not Skrillex has has said that that both uh, both Trump and Clinton were two crap candidates. Come also, on, okay. there is an incredible video of Shkreli, um on some some news show talking about why he's going to keep doing the dicks out for Harambe meme. And it's so fucking funny. He trolls them so hard. It's actually really good. I'll uh, I'll try and track that down and send it to you. You you guys would really enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, what a I'm world sure. we live in. <laughs> really? The, like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I recently I had a talk with uh, some coworkers about how the internet was better in 2002 because like real issues didn't live there. It was just the home of dumb shit. And, like, 2011, like, the heyday of 4chan, someone can correct me on that, there was probably multiple heydays, but, like, when when they got on the news, um, amazing, amazing, and then everything got so serious. And now I'm starting to realize that, yes, the internet got more serious, but the real world got more farcical. <laughs> We're so sad. It's okay. It'll be okay, they're guys. They're just swapping... It's yep. getting weird. Yeah. It's getting weird. It's just gonna get line's weird. getting a bit, a bit wiggly now. Yeah. What is the internet? What is the real world? Who knows? Camden, God. let's get back to music. What's up? Tell me what you listened to. Um. The okay. I listened to one new album. As we know, this is the the time of the year where uh, the new album releases become. Less exciting. <laughs> November and November <laughs> yeah. and December. The are winter usually, albums are usually pretty slow. Um, but there was an album that came out that I was really excited to listen to. It was a new album from Jim James called uh, "Eternally Even." Uh, Jim James is the frontman of My Morning Jacket. Um, mm. He oh, has released. The name. Yeah, so he has released. I think this is his only his second solo album, but he's released you know tons of albums, tons of great albums under My Morning Jacket, uh, you know kind of mix of folk and Americana and roots rock and like all kinds of stuff. Really great band, worth checking out for. I mean, if you're into that kind of music, you definitely have probably heard of My Morning Jacket. But if you haven't, go check them out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he had a, an album that. I read some interviews with him about this one, and it's kind of got like a, a lo-fi and kind of like funk and soul feel to it. Like he said, it was inspired by a lot of Marvin Gaye's albums. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of a it's kind of a cool feel with him. You know, like you have like the sort of like fuzzy, scuzzy guitars and stuff, and like cool uh, like organ solos and and shit. And it's like it is. Yeah, it it's uh it's pretty cool. Um, lots of banging bass lines. Because if it's gonna be a funky album, you gotta have banging bass lines. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you have to. But That's it's it's rule. really good. It's it's a uh, yeah. It's I think it's the only album I've seen come out this month that I was excited about. Well, I don't know. I think there are other ones, but I've I've become like so out of touch with what's coming out compared to like only a couple years ago that I'm. I'm kind of like impressed with it, <laughs> like how how easy it is to like not 
not be in the know anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Couple, yeah. I was with it once, but then they changed yeah, what it I, I'm is. Like already, I'm like, already, I'm not, with, yeah, I'm not with the scene anymore. I don't know. What's There's like. a Simpsons quote for this, man. I yeah, miss Tuesdays. Then they changed what it is. Now it is new and scary, and yeah. it'll happen to you. But, yeah, it's kind of funny. I was reading interviews with him, because this came out uh, November 4th, and the interview I read with him talked about how a lot of the themes of the album are about, like, it's kind of like hippy-dippy stuff, you know, like, about togetherness and stuff like that. But, it, like, a lot of it was, like, a response <laughs> to the, the sort of, like, climate in the country during the election. You know, like, the nice. huge amount of divisiveness and stuff. Um and then in the interview, he was like, he kept talking about like how the thought of Donald Trump ever becoming president is like completely terrifying. So, you know, at least well, I at hope least, he's at in least a good now place. He made this, you know, really positive album that we can help to to kick us off through right, this really new hard. weird era. So that's good. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Anyways, that's a, I really like that. I threw that on my uh, favorites of 2016 playlist. Nice. So hard, hard recommendation for me on that one. Um, I also listened to the Bark Psychosis album Hex, which I think we might have mentioned when we did uh, Talk Talk's Spirit of Eden, because this album is one of the handful of albums that's like credited as being the start of the first wave of post rock, um, along with along with that Talk Talk album and. Uh, Slint's Spiderland. Um, so this was this is the one of those three that I had never heard. So I it was one of those things like every once in a while I always have to like because you know how you have those albums in your music consciousness your music consciousness where you're like well I know why this album is important but I've never actually listened to it. Yeah, so, I've yeah. got a bunch of those. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I have a ton of those too. Like. <laughs> And, and, you know, every once in a while I'll get, like, I'll feel bad about not actually knowing those albums, so I'll have to listen to them. Um, so I listened mm-hmm. to that, and it's, uh, it's, yeah, really good, obviously. It's a classic of that genre, and it uh, isn't, like, it, you can definitely tell it's on that, you know, initial wave of that style of music where, like, those kind of sounds were being discovered, because it doesn't really sound anything like what you would associate with post rock now post rock you you don't have like yeah yeah. and it's it's kind of got the same like if you remember with the uh the talk talk album it's got the same thing like there's a lot of there's still a lot of like vocal focus but it's like has some very like strange and ambient soundscapes that work in like all kinds of different influences there's like jazz stuff and like you know and you know just the standard post rock trope of like when 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 these bands were first coming around it was just people using like the standard rock band lineup and mm-hmm. using them in very unconventional ways um so nice. yeah it kind of leans on kind of leans on ambient music uh has the same sort of feel as you know it sounds like it's recorded in like a dark church like lit by candles or something <laughs> i don't think it was but <laughs> <laughs> that's an awesome sound though but uh, yeah, so you can yeah, really definitely. tell the sound of candlelight, you know. Yeah, you can hear them fluttering. In the you background. can hear them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I listened. So I listened to that. Definitely. Uh, glad I you know acquainted myself with that. And now know you know the full trio of those uh, 
those albums that threw that genre off. I also listened to a album from a uh, producer-rapper collaboration, two people I had never heard of before. Um, the producer's named Lorange, um, and the rapper's named Jeremiah J, and they have a collaboration album called The Night Took Us In Like Family. Uh, it's definitely like the production style is very Mad Lib-esque, I'd say. Hmm. Um, not in like a completely just biting him way. Like you can tell it's like an obvious influence, <laughs> but <laughs> it's really good though. Uh, and he has that sort of like fun working in of like clips, all kinds of like random clips from like films and stuff. And then like, uh, like soul samples chopped up in really weird ways. Um, so if you're into that kind of production, it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, so yeah, I would recommend that for sure. I'm trying to remember how I found that. Um, I think I just had it on, it was like on Spotify Shuffle or something with like their recommend, recommended songs for you or whatever. Do you guys ever listen to that stuff? Just I just started, I, I just started Spotify? doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, do. I, 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 I honestly, I, I, like a few, like so, a month ago or so, I was like, I was like, ah, uh, you know, I like, can usually find enough music on my own. I don't know if I'm gonna have to play with it, but I like, I like played one a few weeks ago. That was like stuff recommended for me, and like I found a lot of stuff I liked. I was like, this is pretty. They did a pretty good job. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I was I was uh, happily impressed by that. Um, and I think I do I th- that. I think I, I do that when I'm playing video games generally. Yeah. Like I yeah, just no, um, I do it when I'm, I'm doing other some, stuff. Like yeah. I'm gonna play some car soccer. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna listen to, uh, and then like if something catches my ear, I'll like look up the album and try to. I think the listen, the one that I've been listening to lately is uh, "Rap Caviar" has been my playlist lately. Rap Caviar. Rap Caviar. Hmm. It's all right. For that one, I haven't listened to the actual playlist. It's once it was called. Oh, Discover Weekly. It's just the suggestions. Yeah. Oh, every every week they give you like thirty songs. Based on your listening habits, yeah, mine will be so that. shitty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yeah, here's Fergie on my Discover Weekly. Oh god. Yeah. All right. I'm, great. Yeah, I'm, I'm not waiting listening for, to that. I'm waiting for a week where I listen to like, I don't know. Like, what if there was a week where I listened to nothing but Blink One Eighty Two for some reason? Like, would that would would that be enough to change? <laughs> would that be enough to change? My entire I, like I don't know how the algorithm works, so maybe I should test it out. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's been like my good Netflix so far, account though. and how much of a mess that is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, our, yeah, that would be cool if you could have all of us like using a Spotify account, so like simultaneously, so it'd give us like really weird recommendations. Oh, like when you have five people using Netflix, and you're like, "Who? That could like, be good. Why the fuck is it recommending these children's shows for me?" <laughs> yep, that could be that could be kind of fun. We should have just a yeah. sounding board Spotify account that anyone can use. Mm-hmm. I don't think it works that way, unfortunately. Oh, you can. I damn think it! If you, I think if you play something on Spotify in two places, it'll stop one of them. No, I think I had I think I had that happen when I was working at the radio station when I would like leave totally it logged in. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So they're a little more on it than Netflix is. Netflix doesn't seem to give a fuck how many people are using <laughs> your account. No. Netflix is like, well, fuck off. Just give it to everybody. One Anyways. account in total. 
did you listen to any music, Ted? Did we hear? <laughs> we did uh, hear from singles. Ted. He listened to. He I, listened did, to I some do hot have singles. one more hot single, actually. Oh. Three hot singles. Uh, Donald Glover put out a new track under his moniker Childish Gambino, who, for the most part, hasn't been anything that I've really liked. It's all kind of hipster rap. Um, kind of. Just nothing really grabs me. He's really popular. He's a very interesting human, so I always kind of check him out when he puts out something new. Um, and this last track was actually really was it interesting. Me, me and it was your way mama? more gospel. Um, huh? Me and your mama? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. That one. Me and your mama. Um, it's way more gospel. It's a lot a lot of shouting. Um, there's apparently a lot of influence from Southern rap because uh, he's been doing a new show called Atlanta where he's, I think, the writer and the lead, maybe even the director. Um, so it's probably going to have a huge influence on his rapping style. So I'm excited to see that because I liked the track. It wasn't perfect, but it was a cool kind of new direction for him. Um, huh. But other than that, I haven't listened to shit. Yeah, I've seen that, I've seen that track mentioned a me. lot around the internet. Lately. Yeah. So You should look. I think you'd enjoy it. I mean, there's definitely some moments where I don't think the production is quite the direction it should have gone. Yeah. But it, it's had, a really he's good He's had base. some stuff that I liked and then, like, a lot of stuff where I think his lines are just, like, super cheesy. <laughs> yeah. That sort of really lame hip rap thing. Yeah. It's just... Some of it's great. Some of it's not great. Yeah, no, I like some of it. I'm, I'm very, like lukewarm on him i've had, i've heard songs from him that i really like and songs that i'm like turned off immediately <laughs> <So>. yeah <laughs> i'll probably keep checking him out every time he puts something out new though because i yeah. really like him as an actor he's a good writer he's done some really great shit in his career he's gonna be the new lando calrissian in the new han solo movie so that's cool oh, really? oh that's right yeah back there mm-hmm. that's pretty rad yeah 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 i'm pretty excited about that <laughs> that'll be nice yeah, other than that, so just hot singles for me. Just cover me in hot singles. <laughs> hot singles, and call all day. me served. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> I will. Yeah, I will take a note of that. I remember to cover you in hot singles. Yes, please uh, do. Thank you. So shall we transition? Shall we roll into our album of the week? Uh, Are you guys ready? It. I think oh, I we're fucking we're ready. Like, we're an hour ten minutes, guys. We're fucking. Let's just skip it. Holy shit! Let's just skip it. Wrap this shit up. Yeah. Camden, this is your pick, man. You gotta oh, take this. Oh, you're right. Away. I did pick this. That's right. I oh, forgot. I thought we skipped it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were skipping it. Um, but yeah, so this week I picked the Drones, which is a band I have mentioned a few times on the show. Uh, I picked their second album, which has the incredible title of "Wait Long by the River and the Bodies of Your Enemies Will Float By," which I believe is a Sun Tzu quote. Um. It is. I learned that recently. Yeah. Uh, so, I picked this album. You know, I don't really know exactly why I picked it this time, but I'm going to make something up. Uh, <laughs> 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 you know, but uh, this is this is one of those albums that I have known for a really long time, and I kind of came across during the period of my life where I was sort of discovering all kinds of new music sort of in that like taste formative period you know where I was a still Mm -hmm. young and impressionable person 
<laughs> Maybe I still am in some ways, but I don't know. Um, you were a young boy. You just wanted to be a big boy. <laughs> I, I wanted to be a big boy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm talking about. I uh, do. I got that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, and I, I uh, this is a band that I've like followed since then. And it's a band that I think is incredibly underrated. Um, and, and one that's, I think, you know, since this point, become better and better with every album uh they just had an album out this year that i talked about that will definitely be mentioned in our end of the year episode i listened Uh, to that one yeah feeling kind of free i'm so proud of myself (laughs) you did you listened to it (laughs) (laughs) but yeah and uh anyways like they're they're just uh they they've kind of like gotten a lot of critical acclaim when it comes to them but there just hasn't been a lot drawn towards them for example like uh you know because the most prevalent music website is pitchfork obviously and pitchfork reviewed this album gave it a pretty good score and their next album gala mill and uh i think the album after that and then they just haven't reviewed any of their albums since then. And I don't know why. Because they're only getting better. That's really And it's strange. like it's super weird too, because it's like I feel like it would be up the alley of like every like weird arty experimental well I guess I don't know. It doesn't make sense is a point. Because this band's really fucking good <laughs> and they deserve a lot of attention. More than they get, certainly. Uh, so I picked I picked this one because it was how I got introduced to them, and I feel like it's a good introduction to sort of the basics of their sound. This kind of like shows what they came from. So uh, to kind of like go through how they started out, they're an Australian band. I don't think I mentioned that yet. That's important. Uh, they were formed in Perth, and then later moved on to Melbourne, and they're they've they've actually been around for quite a while now they were formed in 97 or 98 um and then kind of did the uh like you know play bar gigs garage band thing for a while didn't release an album released a few eps didn't release an album until 2002 that one was called here come the lies and uh the sound they had you know like they have in this period is like even more so if you listen to like the EPs and the album before this one is you know pretty like bare bones like it's kind of like the sound of like a really like just a like a rowdy like punk blues band mm-hmm. you know um so they kind of they kind of like start from that space where you have the like really energetic guitars and uh probably the most distinctive thing about them uh the frontman's vocals is Gareth Lydiard. Um very so, throaty. Yeah, like. so he has very throaty and like and this is like one of those singers who will do a lot of yelling. <laughs> so, yeah. And he has a it's lot of a lot of style. a lot of feeling behind his vocals. Uh he's got a lot of yeah. feelings, okay? Yeah, he's got a lot of feelings and he wants to tell you about them. And he's <laughs> most likely going to scream about them. Or, like, sort of do a raspy whisper about them, like he's some 
creepy guy standing in like the corner of an alley somewhere. <laughs> That's him. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Damn it, Garrett. Uh, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's that's kind of like the foundation of their sound, is you have this, like, really energetic, uh, loud punk blues stuff with a kind of over-the-top vocalist. And that's, that's the kind of, that's the thing that drew me to them, I think, initially. Um, because when I was in, like, middle school and stuff, I was into a lot of punk music and stuff, and those yeah those vocals were like a real draw for me um and i still really like them like they're still one of my favorite parts of this band but the thing that i think they do really well and they start to do on this album that a lot of that kind of like brings them beyond just being like a you know um sort of like basic garage rock noisy uh punk band is they they do a lot of stuff with kind of like stripped down and like creepy and dark atmosphere that they seem to just have kind of like a knack for and they've like expanded mm-hmm. on that greatly in the albums that have come after this so and you that's know, it kind of seems who, like that's uh... a very like australia thing like there's obviously a lot of like nick cave influence in their sound and, uh, yeah, you know who his voice reminds me of? Who's that? Uh, <laughs> Brody Doll. Dolly? I don't know how to say her name. Doll. Brody Doll from the Distillers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Same sort of really throaty sound. Also, uh, on Aus- uh, like also Australian born, um, yeah. which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, you, if you're listening to this and haven't heard this album, and have heard the distillers it's the same sort of like really throaty rasp mm-hmm. the same sort of and that it doesn't seems... really last for very long that guy's voice is gonna yeah. be shot soon if it's not already yeah i'm so worried about it yeah no it's like he sounds like he's gonna blow his voice out all the time like i can't believe yeah. it and like if you yeah if you listen to it's been like 20 years of this now and you listen to it like feeling kind of free like he's still singing like this um Nuts. it still sounds great <laughs> Um, and that's like, yeah, that's, uh, so, so this album came at definitely like a time when I was, you know, forming a lot of my tastes and I think it kind of like put me on the track of, cause you know, I'm, I'm the kind of person that like, I really love distinctive vocalists. Um, and I think this might've been like a, not like a key, but you know, like part of that, you know, part of forming mm-hmm. that really helped shape that sort of direction. Yeah. 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 So, um, anyways, let's give some like some more boring uh, outlines about this album. So, the Drones are one of those. They're also one of those bands who have kind of had like a a shifting lineup over the years. I think like several people have been on one album and then like stepped out for a couple, then like gone on later ones. But uh, on this album, I didn't you know pretty... that. Yeah. So it's and it's it all kind of. Um, it's not. It's not so much like it's uh, you know just a solo outfit for him, but like this, there's like a, a smaller group of people. It's not like Queens of the Stone Age or something where it's like almost always a completely different lineup. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it has changed quite a bit 
over the years. Uh, so, but on this one, yeah, on this one, we're going to talk about. It looks like he's the only uh, member who's been there the whole time. Yeah, he's the only yep. one that's on everything. Um, so in that sense, it is kind of like focused around him, and Here's like I thing. think that makes sense, you know, because he's obviously the the thing that kind of like draws you in. Like those like vocals are like the the most distinctive thing about this band. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so this one has him on uh, guitar and vocals and synth. It's got Fiona Kitchen who. Uh, they are married, and um, I don't. She was not on all the albums, but she is in the band to this day. So she's on feeling kind of free as well. Uh, Rui Pereira, Pereira, uh, who is no longer in the band, but I believe was the other like founding member. Yeah, um, he was one of the the four founding members who yeah who were was there in '97 along mm-hmm. with a guy named James McCann and Warren Hall, both of whom left right around 99. Mm-hmm. But, and then uh, on this one, there was uh, Christian Strybosch on drums, who is no longer with them either. Uh, was uh, Mike Nogo on this one? No. No. No, okay. So it was Rui, Fiona, Gareth, after. and Christian on this one. Gotcha. That's the main lineup. Uh... But anyways, um, I don't know. There's there's been parts of this this album that have just stuck with me since then. Like for example, so I was gonna like start talking about the actual music in here. Uh, Sharkfin Blues, I think, is a perfect song, and it's one that's like always stuck with me. So this one was interesting for me, having <laughs> okay. only heard uh, "Feeling Kind of Free." Mm-hmm. I was not prepared for how bluesy Sharkfin Blues was. Yeah, no, that's like, like how that's bluesy like, that guitar like, is. It was like <laughs> a bluesy, yeah, it was kind of like a punk blues band before. That's what I'm saying. Like they've definitely changed a lot, and they've become like more of a still noisy and like hard edge, but kind of like more art rock band. Kind of more in line of like what you know, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds sound like. But not not exactly like that, but they're just they've kind of since then, you know, gone on to just uh sort of do the style that's, you know, sort of hinted at, especially on tracks on this album, like Locust. Like Locust is a big sign of like where they're gonna go after this album. Um Okay. That's what I was expecting when you were describing it. I was like, oh it sounds a lot like Locust was the precursor for the direction yeah. they were taking it. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, it's cool. I don't know, but uh, yeah. I was for example, Shark... with uh, Sharkfin Blues. I was really surprised by the the country style guitar. The mm-hmm. initial, like the very opening part. The I was so surprised by that. Yeah, that I and I love turned it off. The guitar and I was like, am I on the right Sharkfin album? Blues. This is like, it's like country. Yeah. No, and that's yeah. That's what you know. It comes from those basic roots, and you sort of have these. Uh, you know, not super innovative instrumental structures, but mm-hmm. that song and just like how uh, the like the guitar sounds in that song are just like still like really unpolished, and like things will like certain chords will like kind of like scream out, and he's like doing a lot of like random whammy barring of stuff and like mm-hmm. doing, like <laughs> harmonics and stuff, and like sometimes it'll be sort of call- quiet and like. 
doing little licks in the background and then like certain notes will like scream out and they'll be like like additional feedback on the back and stuff and it's just kind of like it keeps you like it's not like playing you know a standard riff or something it's really dynamic and that's what i like about yeah the instrumental backing mm-hmm. of that song and then yeah i saw uh, somebody talking about that the song itself that is like a... the song the song itself i think like initially it has like a really beautiful sound to me and it like builds tension really well and like the imagery of it too is really uh pretty powerful like i think you wrote this song after basically dealing with his mother's death so it's one of those about you know just like the depression afterwards and the whole song is just like the image of sinking on a ship while you see like a bunch of sharks swimming around and like (laughs) basically the uh the inevitable future and just like the impending doom uh i don't know it's awesome i uh i love that Mm -hmm. song a lot um anyways uh so yeah before i go into more specifics and stuff you guys want to give like a general feeling on the album uh yeah so with before i forget so with the the guitar aesthetic they had in the sharks fin blues um that that specific sort of solo that wasn't just specific riffs but it was a compilation of sort of I hate the term organic because um, I think it's way overused, but it's very sort of organic, constantly growing and moving and making horrible and wonderful sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading a review of a person who was talking about that, and it's the type of solo that could go on for 30 minutes and everyone would still be so engaged because mm-hmm. it's just doing so many different things. And I, I agree, I think it's wonderful. And it was a really great song um, to begin with, and then that um, just kind of with the nice cherry on top of it. But without getting more into Sharkfin Blues, um, I thought the album was great. <clears throat> I hadn't listened to it until uh, it was assigned, or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, do your own work. <laughs> and I was very pleased. I was less grabbed the first time. Um, it, I thought it was good, but I wasn't... It wasn't remarkable initially, but the more... Every time I've listened to it, i found so much more to like. Um, which is my favorite thing with anything is something that I don't like the first time, but only after coming back continuously that I'm really finding the depths and um, I don't know all the the art behind the movement and the weird noise. So it's a great pick. I'm thrilled that we picked this one. It's awesome. So, I'm kind of I'm kind of so I like this album a lot. Um, I don't think I liked it as much as I liked feeling kind of free. Uh, yeah, well, I don't either. That's like, that's. Um. So I, I I like that that the I like the kind of mismatch between his really throaty vocals and the bluesy stuff we get on the first half of the album. Um, I think that's really cool. I think like I found there I thought there was a little bit less of that uh, later in the album. And and one of the things that yeah the, one of the things the, that stands the out, second half of the album kind of goes further into the, the more like somber sort of bleak yeah uh, you know I like you really don't care is the last kind of like barn burner song on the album yeah <laughs> like, it's like I I really like um, the best you can believe in I think that mm. song's awesome yeah uh, I really like good. locust. I have no idea what the fuck the freedom in the loot is. 
not 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 the song. Yeah. Not the song. The lyric. I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. What's the freedom in the loop? I don't, I don't get know. it. Australians, man. I don't, I don't get it. They're <laughs> weirdos. Weirdos. <laughs> I don't think I was blown away by this album, but I did really enjoy it. And it has a lot of elements that I really like a lot. And I do really like his voice and how distinctive it is and how throaty it is. And, and like, you know who you're listening to. And yeah. that appeals to me a lot. And then the guitar work, like, it was blues. It didn't blow me away on on being blues. But it was blues and it was well done. Um, I kind of lost momentum around the end of the album. Mm. But, like... Yeah, I think that's the, a fair criticism the first, i think the album does lose momentum towards the end and the first yeah, two like, thirds of it though i really like yeah yeah and i, I would point out, i did not pick this because this is my favorite drones album <laughs> um, i think it's really good but like i said like i seriously think every album they've done since this is better yeah um, and and like having heard feeling kind of free that album was fucking cool yeah um yeah and that's kind of like yeah feeling kind of free is kind of cherry on top of their progression like yeah and the one yeah, before, I like that before that uh, I see seaweed like they're both kind of like the weirdest things they've done and I think for mm-hmm. sure like the best things they've done um, yeah like the the beginning of feeling kind of free is like weird and kind of spooky and discordant and like yeah awesome um, yeah. and, and none of that is here like that's something that they develop later but like the vocal style still is you're saying there's no there's no spooky and discordant stuff on this yeah, album yeah there's totally so, spooky and discordant not, stuff all over this album didn't hit me did not hit me that way did not hit me the way okay. that that, that you, did you didn't think the beginning of Locust was spooky and discordant at all like a little bit but again it didn't it didn't the entire atmosphere it didn't hit me the same way as the weird <laughs> like the weird like computer glitch shit from the beginning of feeling kind of free yeah no it compared to yeah i'd say that and feeling kind of free the first track on that album private execution is like one of my musical highlights of the year like i think that's yeah it's really good it's like Um, and it's so yeah it's so like unnerving and like mm -hmm, weird mm -hmm. yeah um but yeah like yeah, so so the the contrast between that and the first chunk of this album was was really strange for me, um, mm-hmm. but I liked it a lot. Like I said, I I, I like the blues as it turns out, uh, and I I like distinctive voices. I can't. I'm still not down with death metal growls, but this wasn't that. This was throaty. You're, you're, you're getting there. Yeah, I'm yeah, getting closer. I'm getting he closer. Have, he does have like he does have like moments where it's almost yeah. like he's doing a death metal growl for a couple. Was of it a Baby, I think. Baby, he goes on a and baby yeah, square and on a. You really don't care. There's a few screams in yeah. the choruses where it's like slight, slight tangent, <laughs> slight tangent. I I introduced my girlfriend to uh, to Future Islands this weekend, oh, and cool. she was way nice. into that, which means I can okay. keep her, I guess. But wow, that has nothing. If to do she with keeps you so. after your shitty date, but yeah, that nothing. To do yeah, with yeah, that. true. Um, I mean, I guess they both have distinctive vocalists. That's the connection. Yeah, yeah, no, the, the death metal growls. That's that, that yeah. was my connection. That was my um, connection. But yeah, the the death metal growls, and you really don't care. Were really the saving grace for that song for me because um, I think it's that one. It's either shit. I've forgotten now. Either the best you can believe in or you really don't care. One of those didn't grab me as well until, like, a little more than halfway through and it got way more nuts. 
and I was then like, okay, I get this song now. It's way better. Yeah. I don't remember um, which one it is. You're I think probably it's really thinking of You Really Don't Care. Yeah, because that's the louder one that kind of does like a noise breakdown towards the end. Um, yeah, yeah, which is something that always grabs me, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, one super great part of this album is the closer. This time, yeah. that song is fucking great. great. Yep. You get like that the, such a the good harmonizing closer. and stuff going on, which mm-hmm. is something they still do really well. Uh, Gareth and uh, Fiona, there's a song yeah. on. Um, yeah, so they like throughout their they they ended up doing that like more often throughout the rest of their discography and i always love it when they uh, i think they're a really good pair because like um she has like a really solid and like way cleaner voice than he does and it always is like a really cool contrast, contrast really like, well, I bet. hearing them sing together yeah, yeah. um <laughs> well that's awesome but yeah i mean yeah like i was saying this I think it's a good introduction to this band, and it's kind of a good introduction to like where they came from, and it got me really interested in them. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of gives hints of the weirder directions they were going to go in later on, and all in all, I think well being uh, like not the most innovative of their albums, it really does a good job at showcasing what I think you know they have like a really strong knack for creating an atmosphere and a like incredible amount of feeling in their music um mm-hmm. and like yeah for yeah the emotional for like, level yeah for like so albums much. like this in general like that is so important you know like that if you had like this album like the same songs performed by just like a cookie cutter band like they would not be Remarkable it wouldn't anyway, stick, you know. Yeah, yeah. there wouldn't be um, anything. And like that sort of feeling and the atmosphere and the dynamics are what make these songs really great, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what makes this band really great, and that's what makes them one of the most underrated bands around. I don't think they even really tour outside of Australia anymore. That sucks. Yeah. That's and I've heard their Australia. I've heard their live shows are pretty pretty good. I could see them being a little wild. I've heard that he gets into it. Um, (laughs) I was watching a video or two of him uh, singing, and he's very like classic rock star performer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, I just wanted to, you know, force you guys to listen to this band. Thanks for that. That's the reason. No, that was that's the reason we have this show. Yeah. So we can force each other to listen to music. Force our friends to listen to albums. Um. And then force our other friends to listen to us talk about them. Yeah, that's right. That's that's what we're here for. You know, Bill didn't collect on that twenty dollars that I offered him. Remember that? Really? Never heard a word about it from him. Fucker. Yeah, (laughs) told you, told you. Of course. (laughs) But Uh, yeah, my I guess before we close it out, one of my favorite things I was reading. um, Someone was describing this as a whiskey-filled. Um, endeavor. So mm-hmm. it was a combination of the the music sounds like it was all of them just jamming drunkenly for hours on end or weeks on end, um, and then just the overall um, product still sort of gives that feeling, like the the raspiness in his throat, the sort of 
constant clashing and the deep-seated dark undertones and things like locusts are just very whiskey flavored and i really mm-hmm. liked that i thought that was a nice descriptive note to this album. yeah and it's yeah another thing i was going to mention uh especially if you listen to the rest of their music and it's probably clear from listening to this album is that uh gareth has is very drawn to like dark lyrical themes mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so and i've read in interviews with him that he says he's like uh he's like fascinated with like the primal nature of humans, like what they do in like situations of war and stuff like that. When, you know, people, uh, people's like environments draw them to, uh, you know, sort of throw off the, uh, the restrictions of culture and stuff like that and just like become savage. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's, yeah, if you listen to a lot of their music, like that's that's definitely something that he's yeah he's a he's a dark brooding, edgy mm-hmm. guy. Uh, so so sharp, so sharp. Yeah, yeah, he's so sharp. No, but it, I think, it's I think it's good. I like I like that in like music like this, you know. Um, whereas I like I I can see in like some I don't mind a little con- edge. Yeah, I can see in some context that would come off as like annoying to me but i think it fits like this style really well so i you know i think they've done a good job of uh basically matching the sort of instrumental atmosphere to these sort of topics and like yeah sort of like the whiskey fueled depressing bleak topics that the lyrics are discussing so and if anyone can tell me what the fuck the freedom is in the loot means, please do. Uh, yeah, does it maybe. mean that if you have money, you'll be free? Because that's the only thing I can come up with. I imagine it if if you are willing to go and get loot and pirate around, then you're free. And just the act of doing it is what makes you free, not having the loot itself, would be my guess. Uh, vaguely. Uh, that's just speculating. That's so stupid. You're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, anyways, uh, that's uh, the drones. Wait long by the river and the bodies of your enemies will float by. So thanks for listening to that with me, guys. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. I'm excited to see what your next pick is in a couple weeks. Oh. Because I, I don't know where you're going to go I haven't. Here. I haven't really thought of it yet. Mm. I have kind of like, I've had kind of like a cycle of, or like, seven or eight albums in my head that I think I've picked the last three albums from, so I might just pick another one from... Ooh. Okay. Okay. Speaking of picks, Ted, you get what, to wait a couple no... minutes as we yeah, talk about other things. Yeah, I was going to say, are you really going to skip music news? Really? <laughs> no, I'm well, not. I guess it has um, something to do with... Uh... The music news does have something to do it's with... True. Uh... We'll, we'll try and time it so it swoops in oh yeah 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 i had to i had to give a swerve there um before we get to the music news uh we have been following the streaming game for quite some time and i want to let you know that a new combatant has entered the arena a new a new service has stepped into the arena blast and step into the arena Stop okay. saying into the arena. <laughs> step step into the arena is a super famous rap song. Super famous rap song. Um, Amazon has launched its service. It's called uh, Music Unlimited. 
and their big thing. Mm-hmm. They're they're full service. It, it oh, okay. launched in it launched in October, but we've got more information about it now as it kind of develops. Uh, their big thing is that if you uh, own Amazon Prime, it's slightly cheaper, and if you own an Amazon Echo, they cut the price in half. What the fuck? I is own one of those. Echo? An it's Amazon? My phone. E- no, it's not. Oh, maybe it's not what I have. What do I no, have? No, no. Wait, you you have a Fire Phone, really? Yeah. Oh, that thing fucking crashed and burned, man. That's no, not wait, not the Fire Phone. No, I've got the new Prime Phone. Okay. All right. All right. What is it called? Anyway, an Amazon it's Echo is that like standalone. Mmm. Gotcha. Okay. An Amazon <laughs> Echo is that standalone like tower that you talk to. That sounds weird. It's like. It's this little tower that's about a foot tall. It's a speaker, and it's Bluetooth. So you have to address it by name. Its name is Alexa. And you tell it to do things, and it does them. So you say, Alexa, give me the weather. And it says, Josh, the weather today will be sunny. Uh, or whatever the weather will be. Or you say, Alexa, play me some music. And it plays you some music. It's a kind of a cool thing. My friend has one, and it's... I mostly just enjoy, like, giving it dumb commands. It's like a standalone Siri speaker, essentially. I would just every day be like, Alexa, kill yourself. <laughs> There's a scene in uh, the new season of Mr. Robot where one of the characters uh, is alone and depressed in her apartment. And she has an Amazon Echo, so she starts, like, asking it weird questions and eventually says... Alexa, do you love me? It's really sad. That um, sounds really cool. It is. It is also that. I it is know also that a lot. Um, anyways, so well, there's that. <laughs> that exists. More immediately, however, uh, was it the night that Trump was elected? Was it the night after? Uh, after. I think. No. No, I think he of. actually died the day before. But it wasn't no, it... released for like okay, that would a few make days. sense. Yeah, yep. I think I found out the morning after. Yeah, he, November seventh was the in the time. in the time honored tradition of 2016 being really the worst year in recent memory. Leonard Cohen passed away uh, on November seventh. Um, there's a. This isn't, like, super unsurprised, given that a month ago he was quoted saying that he was ready to die. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's certainly a loss. Yeah. This is, like, the second major album we've had this year released by someone who's basically, like, aware they were going to die right after. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, with Bowie right this year. And, like, that greatly informed the content of the album. It's nuts. Yeah. And they're both, like, such iconic figures to do that. It's mm-hmm. so crazy to have two of them in a year like this. It's mm-hmm. fucking yep. overwhelming. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, My, Leonard Cohen, uh, one of those ones, like, he was getting up there. But, I mean, a lot of people live past 82. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely one of the, yeah, one of the greatest songwriters there is. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, like, it's, it's uh, iconic. Yeah, <laughs> there's not 
much more we can say about it right now. Um, I'm going to send you guys an article that was sent to me uh, shortly before he died um, that you guys might find interesting. Ted has our next album pick. Yeah, so uh, as is appropriate, um, I was thinking about choosing it before Leonard Cohen died, uh, but then I changed my mind, and then I immediately changed my mind back right after I saw he died. So we're going to be doing his final album, You Want It Darker, um, Leonard Cohen 2016 death album. So get ready, everybody. It's going to get fucking morbid again, as always. (laughs) God damn it. 2016. This is such a weird year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with that, I think that's about everything we've got. Uh, that was a note to end the sounding board on. In the meantime, contact us any of those myriad of ways. Uh, Twitter, email, Facebook, whatever does it for you. You know, We'll be here. Joey, I know you're probably still listening. Drop us a line. We sent you posters, and you didn't send us an email back. What the yeah, fuck, Yeah, come on man? the show, motherfucker. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, next week, we'll get together and talk about Leonard Cohen. Man, normally I leave this show laughing my ass off, but between the election shit and <laughs> and Leonard Cohen, hey, like, that's I'm kind of bummed it's out. Not, it's not the, uh, the happiest week of the year yeah to, to say the least <laughs> um, did you hear how he died though no did you hear how Lennon Cohen died he uh he was having an erotic session with his partner and he put his wedding ring on his cock it was like 80 <laughs> shut hours shut the fuck up we're done dead <laughs> good night good night this is the sounding board good night yeah I'm in the laughing now yeah <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs>